a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy or game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. I love that you're actually using your real voice for once. I know! I've, it's been 184 episodes, and I've finally decided not to put on that silly voice. That silly Australian accent. You've got that kind of weird British accent back again. I don't know what it is. I'm not good at accents. It keeps changing. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we're going to jump into some click picture right off the bat, as we have been doing of late. And click picture is a game where we have a bunch of silly, weird stock photos that we found online, and we're going to get a random url of one of these photos we haven't seen it yet until we paste it into our discord we will describe it we'll make a game design from it let's do it trevor is typing and it i hit enter and it didn't seem to do anything hello (laughs) here it comes okay we have a man with a pineapple for a head holding (laughs) okay wait holding a silver dollar sign yep with a silver pound symbol in his front front shirt pocket you know what this is. Oh, is that- that's a pound. Yes, right? it's a pound. Euro, or is it a euro? It, Wait, is it a euro? It's one of those two. Yeah, it's hard to see because you can only see the top- top kind of little curve. I think it might be the euro. But anyway. Um, you know what this is. This uh-huh. is where the pineapple aliens have actually invaded, like, the Earth. But their whole thing is that they- they're escaping, like, they've asked to have asylum here. And it turns out that they're really, really good at business. Are you sure this isn't just a picture of Donald Trump? Because this, this kind of looks like him. <laughs> no, he's got too much hair. That's <laughs> true. He's got big green spiky hair. Okay, so pineapple aliens seeking asylum on Earth. Yeah. And are, are very good at business. Yes. So, so they've, um, they've integrated. This is a few years after they've integrated into, into the system. And it turns okay. out that they're, you know, they've really helped us get into the new version of capitalism. Oh, lovely. We need a new one of those. Yep. Uh, this one just is not- it's not oppressing people nearly enough. <laughs> uh, okay. Is it- is it a nicer- is it a better capitalism in that people are not- um, are not downtrodden beneath it? Or is it a better capitalism in it- in that it- it creates more wealth inequality for fewer people? Um, I think it's the former- <laughs> okay, so 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 we try. To- <laughs> okay, Are you sure because we could set it above uh, uh, these as a satire of these like uber elite, and there's like five people now, and three of them are pineapple aliens, and they've got all the money in the planet. Although that could, uh, that could be kind of cool. How about like how a- about that? That's the secret behind the whole thing. That like although this looks like utopia and looks like everyone is actually living well. Like, the absolute elites are, are living so far and above. Is is this a game where you're just playing- You're in a room with these five people. You don't you don't say right off the bat that literally these are the only five people with any money and all the money. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, it's so great since these pineapple aliens came and fixed capitalism. Look how great our life is. Yeah. And then someone opens a window. It's just like wailing and- Hell on earth! Oh, what what I'm picturing is is like you see almost like um, that scene from Star Wars with Cloud City, like you see all the clouds mm-hmm. and you just see like buildings sticking up out of the clouds, and it's like right. this beautiful idyllic sort of nature. And then like the camera goes down below the clouds, and oh no, you you see, you, you see like maybe a huge pirate ship sort of break out of the, out of the clouds and <laughs> and come up, and it's all like. Totally <laughs> ruined. Like the, the law. Oh. <laughs> right, just right. This is like the tallest sky, the tallest building in the city, and, and, it, and it's only the bit above the cloud that's even like still intact. And they just live there mm-hmm. with all the money, but nothing else on the planet. The whole planet's just destroyed, basically. Yeah, and and it's it's when the pirates attack that you realize, hang on. I haven't been outside this building for years, <laughs> and you can always okay, go into so that. I'm, I'm picturing, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of. This is an interesting idea with some with some good satirical fodder, um, because we obviously we obviously want to paint these these elite in the end as villains because oh. that's fucking unconscionable. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of kind of twisting that on it where, yeah, you, when you when you come into the game, it just feels like 
oh, it's the future. Like, you know, we've got unlimited energy and food and whatever, you know, replicators yep. and the sky is blue and, you know, you see fucking robots like fixing and cleaning things. You, you um, see this beautiful then, like yeah. blue sky and, you know, white fluffy yeah. clouds just, be- just below like- you know, it's like yeah, wow, it's this huge sky. Yeah, we're, we're living, we're living in the sky, and it's all we're pretty. Living the dream. Like the future is real, and then yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Huge, a big fucking like dirty pirate, pirate rebellion ship. ship like breaks through the clouds, attacks, and again, like you're still at this point, you may be like rooting for these people. It's like, oh my god, like who are these criminals? Yeah, but yes, as you play, you start to realize, oh wait. <laughs> The only reason they have this is literally because they have hoarded the planet's <laughs> wealth to the detriment of everybody else. And finally, people have managed to find the resources to fight back. Yeah. And not only that, but That's they managed cool. to make inter- interstellar tra- travel at the same time. Like, the only way that they could actually fly up was, you know, these brand new drives that basically take no fuel because they couldn't- they had no fuel- so they they basically oh, so not interstellar because that's between stars but yeah but I'm, I'm just saying like, that they, yeah their their spaceship can actually do a lot of shit like the technology that that they created from yeah. nothing um, so so do you find out like how long has it been is it that this one family has been living in this penthouse for like centuries like yeah I, th- I think um, they went to school and I mean, in that's, this that's probably a f- that's probably a few generations but also like the technology that they've bought effectively gives them longevity as well. Yeah. And in that time, yeah, like, the the people have been finally managing to, like, organise and unite and and innovate and, you know, fight back. Oh, I'm just- I- I don't know whether I want to- whether I want to keep this in the episode or not, but I have a feeling that- um You've got that sort of thing where your parents have betrothed you to someone, but it turns out okay. to be like your second cousin because it's only your family that's up. That's up. Oh, probably, yeah. Look, I think we obviously we <laughs> I think we do expand to beyond the five people we're thinking yeah, yeah. of. Like it's a group of maybe I don't know. It's a commune uh, of a hundred and fifty or, or something. Like hundred, yeah. Uh, and these pineapple aliens are mixed in. I think they're rare. Oh, they're 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 definitely you know they're the leaders. They talk to you um, telepathically yeah. um, because they don't yeah, have a mouth. They don't have mouths. Yeah. Um, but their spikes like vibrate when they, <laughs> yeah, they're like spiky stalks vibrate when they when they communicate, and you hear it like clear as day. Um, yeah, and what I'm thinking is there's only three of them in this particular tower, and you see some other towers around, and you maybe this is just like the corporations basically. Um, any corporations that can build themselves up above the clouds have sort yeah, of got the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're all yeah, run that's, by that's pineapples. Good. Yep. Because they're great at like business. Yeah. Um, ooh, what would the nemesis of pineapples be? <laughs> Just in general? Yes. Uh, giraffes or something? Like, what eats pineapples? I'm just, I'm, the reason I said giraffes is because I know that they can, like, you, like, eat spiky stuff, can't they? They use their tongue to, like, what eats- Hey, Google, what eats pineapples? According to Wikipedia, the pineapple is a tropical plant with an edible fruit and the most economically significant plant in the family Bromeliaceae. The pineapple is That's not what I asked. South America, where it has Stop. Been cultivated for many Google, centuries. Hey Google, shut the fuck up. Um <laughs> But I, I did notice one thing that Google said was that they're mm. the most economically <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, hang on, that works perfectly. <laughs> That's good. Um, um pa- parrots? Yeah, okay. Taper, tapers? Tapirs? Tapirs? Taper, taper, whatever. Um, there's a speculation here is that they may have evolved to attract megafauna mm-hmm. when they were around. Okay. Yeah. So, l- let's just let's just pick parrots. So, yeah. parrot-headed aliens also came to also came to the world and they've been downtrodden the whole time as well. Okay. Uh, cuz I think I think um you know, they were sort of they they came here also asking for asylum at the same time, yeah. and and but the pineapples obviously and they were the well the pineapples took advantage of the existing like capitalist structure, yeah, because that was what they were, they were good at. But the parrots happened to be good at like uniting 
masses and leading rebellions. By parroting the things that they want, that people want to hear back to them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it starts out with Polly want a cracker and then it then turned into Polly want a revolution. (laughs) Polly want a revolution. (laughs) Fucking episode title right there. I can't, I can't get all any right. better than that. We've got to move on. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll move on. We'll move on. Three, two, one. Click. All right. Yeah. So just for those who may not have listened before, we're now moving on to Click Pitch, which is a similar game. But in this case, we have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we're going to get two new words, actually, because we are playing what we call ramped up Click Pitch, which is an adjective and a noun each. And we will throw those words at each other and turn those into a game design similar to what you just heard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Three, two, one, click. Padded gown. Mere flag. Mere is in M-E-R-E. Like, barely, I guess. Yeah. A mere flag. In a padded gown. Padded gown. Huh. I, I sort of see padded and I, I think, you know, sort of like a padded room, but- there, there could be yeah. something there to, in 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 the idea of um one one thing that I, I saw an episode of Psych yesterday in which Sean and Gus went into a mental institution. Mm-hmm. But when you're in there, it it seems to be a very hard thing to actually be able to get out because anything that you say, they basically say, "Oh, this is the ravings of a madman," instead of instead of actually listening to what you say. So the idea of someone being in there. And um, try, trying to trying to say what actually happened, and they've sort yeah. of been falsely falsely brought in there. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of a trope or a bit of a a, a thing that can be done there, or that is often done there. Where yeah, if, if you're committed, and I think this happens in real life, yep. like it's very easy once you've been committed to discount whatever you're saying as well. You're in a in a mental asylum. Like, why should I listen to you? Um, which obviously is. Incredibly problematic, but we can certainly use it as a story hook. Yeah. So, gown is this someone who I, I'm? I'm sort of thinking gown is being more, like more kind of solution. no, probably more of a um, more of a like a robe, <clears throat> like a ceremonial sort of thing, or, or bathrobe, a- <laughs> like oh, like okay, 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 someone in a padded room in their bathrobe, yeah. Is this an alternate version of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? <laughs> Where Arthur Dent, after lying in front of the, the bulldozers, was the, the Vogons didn't destroy Earth mm-hmm. to make way for an interplanetary highway. Yeah. And was taken to a mental institution. Because he because he thought that that was what was going to happen. That, um, you know, the whole the whole planet well, was going to be torn starts, down. So Yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, he Maybe he's still told by- Ford Prefect uh, about the the wider galaxy and everything that's out there, but then it doesn't happen. And yeah, I don't know. The only reason is he he wears a bathrobe. Like that's all I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, but a Douglas Adams ish sort of thing. Yeah, could be cool. Okay, so gameplay. Um, I'm seeing this as as sort of like uh, a lot of the stuff is sort of happening in this person's head. Sort of like they they're trying to work through their. Okay. Through their feelings and and also trying to work through what actually happened to get them in there, so it's it's sort of like so there's a, like flashbacks, yeah. But there may be like an unreliable narrator kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching a couple of run-throughs of The Evil Within recently, uh, and that's got like uh-huh. a, this really cool world-bending sort of uh, stuff going on, where. Yeah. They'll be they'll be in a room and they'll turn around and then all of a sudden, you know, there's there's like a hallway there that wasn't there before, sort of thing. Okay. I think this could work really well in an adventure game sort of point of view. Um yep. where it's more maybe a, a third person adventure game. Or although having said that, I do like messing with in a in a fairly classic two D point and click using sc- like the the scrolling of the room to play with yep. expectations around yeah like you scroll one way and then when you walk back the other way it's completely changed seamlessly uh, yeah I'm now into- I'm now seeing this padded this 2d padded room just all of a sudden extend into like this old um, like Victorian mansion sort of thing and then you walk through a door and then you you're back in like the TV room of the of the institution. Or something like that. Like, yeah, something like that. Like it, you get taken 
and basically it's sort of representing them coming in, coming in and out of, cause I, I'm picturing, you know, they're basically being drugged and sedated because I don't want to paint them necessarily as like having like actually crazy or having, no. um, visions or whatever. Like it's, it's purely sort of a dream state as they are coming in and out of sedation. And yes, they've been put into this place and are trying to work things out. Where, but nobody's sort of listening to them. Yeah. And you could almost go into, into, um, if you wanted to, the reason for this whole thing going on is, is like a matrix style sort of computer that you're actually plugged into. So the whole thing was actually all playing out in your head sort of thing. Uh, so it was, you were never actually okay. in like, in like a, um, you, you were never in an institution, in, in an institution itself, because in this world, like an institution, Institutions don't actually exist. They just plug your brain into. They just plug your brain. Okay, it's kind of like uh, kind of like the egg or whatever in, or the cookie or whatever it was in Black Mirror. Yeah, where they take your consciousness and like put you in there. Yeah, to sort of work you out, or like your your sleeve, or your um, your stack in in Altered Carbon. Or so you could have yeah. a lot of fun with the um, with like the orderlies and that sort of stuff. They're all um, the reason why dialogue options, you know, keep repeating with them. Is because they are, they are literally robots, <laughs> right. sort of thing. Like, they're, well, they're like they're yeah, they're just software. the AI, software or the AI. Yeah, but I, I like the idea that you know there's there's like a doctor who is actually human in there, and he, right. his dialogue is just a little bit different. Like, it doesn't repeat as much because basically you don't get the opportunity to talk to him as much. You don't get the opportunity. Yeah, like the, he pops in and you have a conversation, and you maybe get to go once through a dialogue tree and then he leaves. Like, you don't have the opportunity to. To keep talking. To exhaustively, exhaustively go through a dialogue tree like you would in an, in a regular adventure yeah. game. Yeah, I definitely like playing with the tropes of adventure games and, and the expectations with, with dialogue and scrolling and even pointing and clicking and messing around with like, I can't, I don't know, like, what can we do with verbs that can sort of represent different things? Um, and the ability or inability to do things in this state. Like, I don't know. I kind of. Well, I'm, I'm seeing that at one stage, like, your character may actually be in, in like, some sort of straitjacket or something like that, so they can't use their hands. Um, if they want to interact with something, they've got to use their mouth instead. Yeah. Well, I was even going further of, like, what if you have a remember verb and an imagine verb? And oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you make them a bit more ethereal <laughs> and- <laughs> It'd be interesting to write that stuff, but basically, if you click, yeah, if you click remember on something, then it it your it's your brain creating some sort of you know association with a memory to do with that item. Oh, I, I kind of like the idea that, that you you can actually um, sort of look at something and it just tells you it is this, and it's like then you got to click on the remember, and it's like oh, I remember when I was a kid, like my mum had one of these, and then yeah, exactly, like you learn. It's a way to get exposition and also to sort of. If figure out your, I mean, therapy as such. I mean, if if you actually um, click imagine on things. it, and maybe he goes, oh, I'm imagining that I could probably craft this into something if if I could only find this, you know. So you could almost give hints. Yeah, you could use it as a hint thing for sure. But I also like the idea, and I feel like we need to consult with someone on this sort of thing who is a bit more knowledgeable because I feel like we could really screw it up. But like. If you've been given antidepressants or something, then your imagine button doesn't work anymore or like that sort of thing. Like, or if you're, or literally if you're depressed, like none of your sort of mental verbs work. Yeah. And all you can do is kind of stumble through phys- the physical world. Uh, you could really play with some stuff around, yeah, around mental illness. Um, but, but um, in a, in a healthy way that, you know. Yeah. Look, this is the thing. I definitely. Would be in an attempt to do it well and not stigmatize in the slightest. Exactly. Like, and this is a little disclaimer because we just want to make sure that we're not, you know, hurting anyone with these ideas. But I think, I think there's a lot of potential there for doing that well. And, and really, if it's, if it's done well and it, and it actually, you know, discusses, um, some of the, some of the misconceptions. Well, and look, I've suffered from depression and I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about saying that. I suffered and suffer from depression. Um, it, it hasn't been the reason I'd have trouble doing this is for one, I'm not a fantastic writer. So tapping into that and sort of finding my perspective on it would be tricky for me. Um, uh, but two, it, I've been lucky enough that it hasn't been so sort of deep and debilitating that 
you know, I've, I've had the worst of it that, that a lot of people have. Yeah. But having said that, I know how, you know, I, I, I do relate and I can understand, you know, how different things can affect you and how drugs can affect you. And I, yeah, I think it'd be really interesting to explore that in a video game about mental illness in a point and click adventure. Also messing around with point and click adventure tropes. And let's move on. Yes. Because that's <laughs> basically it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Three, two, one, click. Vanishing tackling. Assisted scream. Okay. This is a sports game. Okay. We haven't done- We don't do many sports games on this show. No. Because you and I don't really play them. But in this case, I think this is a haunted sports game of some sort. Or like a- It's like sports that monsters play. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Because I'm thinking vanishing- is like ghosts and things or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, other things that can vanish. And then obviously you've got Scream in there and assists. Yep. Uh, I mean, so, Screams are obviously ghosts. I mean, they're wailing more than screaming, but they're still- Well, yeah, or just like causing other people to scream. Like maybe the ball is a fucking screaming severed head. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so uh, what sort of game is we, it? Is- yeah, so is this based on a real sport? Are we sort of going to come up with what sort of sport a monster would play or monsters would play? What are the limitations um, on the teams and powers? Okay, so when I was younger and in high school, mm-hmm. I think it was one of my friends who came up with with an idea for basketball or something something around that. Okay, I may have- is this like- Basketball with ice skates? No. So, uh, I'm I'm now realising the basketball actually came from um, How I Met Your Mother, but it was something around that. In the fact that you were playing (laughs) basketball, but it had the same sort of rules as ice hockey that you could, like, check people. So, basically, it was a very violent basketball game. Um, I think the idea of being able to, like, use powers and stuff in, in, you know, a a basketball-style game could actually be yeah. really quite cool. All right. Well, let's do that for a few reasons. One, it's a game that most people know the rules of yep. in general. Two, it's a, like a very common um, uh, video game uh, sport anyway. And so, yep. we can build off of that a bit, uh, you know, NBA Jam style. Because I'm thinking maybe like three on three. Sort of thing. Yeah, three on three. Or four um, on four or whatever. Like, so, so you're not crowding the, the yeah. court. Uh, the court itself is basically in an enclosed rink. Um, it mm-hmm. is not ice, but it's basically- It's got no. walls, so basically you but can- But you've got the glass walls like ice hockey. Yeah, there's basically no yeah. way to, um, to lose the ball outside of court. Basically, you can all slam right, people right. into walls. You can, you can use, I don't know- Throw severed heads, you can- So, from a meta point of view, I want this to be the next big eSport. Yeah. Right? So, we've got to make sure it's balanced. Yes. We've got to make sure there's sort of a skill kind of ladder um, that, that that the more you play, you can definitely get more skilled at this and there are ways to do advanced moves and stuff. Um, you're definitely a bit more engaged with any sort of eSports mm-hmm. than I am just because you've watched some like- I've watched tournaments and different things, but- what do you think we need here to to balance this well and and make this into an, a, a a money making esports phenomenon? Well, I think you've got to sort of take it from an Overwatch or a or an Apex Legends sort of thing that you can choose your choose your hero, um, yep. but those heroes are like versions of classic monsters, basically. That yes. Like you, you've got the the sort of ghost support that can that can sort of um, turn ethereal and and you know sort of mess around with with the other team um ghosts can see other ghosts all right so let's let's figure out these let's because we're, do- we're talking basketball yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, are we going the standard kind of side court view that scrolls back and forth do you think um or do we take this in a more tactical kind of over the shoulder perspective yeah so i want each player to have an over the shoulder sort of view Okay, but- so it's more like a it's like a squad based shooter sort of thing, but you're playing basketball. Yeah, is this court the same size? Huh? Or are we going a bigger, court? slightly bigger court? Okay, not too big. Not too big. I don't want it's- it to be massive, but yeah, um, it's sort of maybe soccer pitch size. So it's I think even small. I think halfway between like basketball court and soccer pitch. So may- maybe an ice hockey size then, because I think ice hockey yeah, is yeah, actually yeah. a little yeah. bit bigger than um, basketball. But yes, yeah, I think stick with the ice hockey in that, and yeah. You've got like the glass walls all around. You can see the people watching, the spectators. 
All right, so what sort of characters have we got? We've got, like, a Frankenstein's monster who's sort of a tank can just bust through people to get the ball close to the- Yeah, and uh, basically, the, and basically know, is an amazing point guard. Um, can, can you know, stop people from, people yeah. from scoring. But the problem is yep. he's slow. Yes. Um, so, then you've got, like, the, the faster sort of uh, character of, like, a vampire or something like that. Now- I think a vampire can definitely turn into a bat, but it can't carry the ball while in bat form. No. So, it's like a traversal way to sort of get to a good point of, like, uh, I'm open. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's maybe also vulnerable when it's in the air. Like, I don't know if there's full-on attacks, but there's at least, like, moves that can be done to, uh, like, stun people or subdue them or something. Like, yep. Or, or maybe even just take them out of the bat form. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that obviously when you have the ball, you don't have your powers because I think that's, um, uh, I think it depends. I think maybe it switches up your powers in that I think you've got certain powers that are only active while you've got the ball. Yeah. So they're more defensive powers. Basically, you've got offensive and defensive powers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, basically, basically, if you've got the ball, um, you know, I'm thinking it's very, very similar to, um, I'm thinking like NBA Jam or something like that, where you can lose the ball very easily by being, yep. by being hit, basically. So if you've got a small shield or something like that while you've got the ball, uh, bing, 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 they, the, they knock the out mummy, your shield and you the lose mummy, the ball. Yeah. The mummy is like more shielded because the bandages. Yep. So as the mummy gets hit, um, and I don't know what they're getting hit by at this point because I guess it, again, it depends on. Well, yeah. if, if you're Frankenstein, then you're throwing bolts. Okay, so do they all, like, does everyone have, like, projectile weapons, though, or does it depend on the character? Depends on the character. I think um, mummies actually have, like, a melee weapon, and that is that they whip out their their um, their bandages to basically, mm-hmm. uh, they can trip people, they can, uh, they're sort of, like, more yep. crowd control. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yep. Uh, ghosts can um, basically- well, ghosts are definitely, like, stealthed, right? Like, they can- They can deck- they can, <laughs> can attack them. <laughs> I'm just thinking they can, they can more, they can steal the ball because they can like pop up right next to them and, and, you know, do the steal move without, uh, and they have the element of surprise there, right? Yeah. Um, and I think they're also quite fast when they're, um, hidden. Yes. Um, but there's, they've got a limited, like, pull, like a limited, uh, yeah, it, you it, know, a cooldown on it, of course. It's kind of like in Overwatch how, um, I can't remember the, the hero's name that can actually, um, like, yeah, go yeah, invisible yeah. for a while. Uh, Sombra. Sombra, yeah. So, it can go invisible and all that sort of stuff. So, basically, only other ghosts can actually see. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, that's a strategy as well. If you see they've got a ghost on their team, then, you you know, you might want to put a ghost on your team too, just so you can track them. But again, you can only see them if you're in invisible, if you're invisible too. Like, it's sort of a almost a dimensional thing. Yeah. If you're looking around and you go, oh, crap, they've gone invisible. Okay, need to go invisible. Oh, I'm waiting for the cooldown because I just went invisible like three seconds ago. So- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, werewolves. Where do werewolves come in? Um, they're obviously also fairly tank-ish, I would think. Do they switch for- Maybe they become a werewolf when they get the ball or or vice versa or something. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like when they get the ball, they turn into a human, a naked human. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't but move as fast. But they're fucking good at dunking. <laughs> this is a, it's a human who's fucking good at dunking. Um, and so, but I like that because that actually means it's like, okay, if you pass to the werewolf, yes, they're going to turn back into a human. But if we protect them, then we're more likely to get some points, right? Like, yeah. they're just, they're good at shooting or they're good at dunking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, they're just weak and, and, and fleshy. Um, I, I like the idea that there's like, a Van Helsing style character that you can you can also mm-hmm. play that that you know can basically hunt down the monsters, um, but is very squishy as yeah. well. Well, I think they're just I think they're just look I'm like they're obviously just another player, but I think they have weapons. They just have weapons, right? Like yeah, they are an attack class. Who yeah, like if someone gets the ball or they see the fucking werewolf get the ball, it's like fucking crossbow, bam! Like that human is dead. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, I, I like the Some idea that there's like- nothing, nothing to actually kill anyone because you don't want, you don't want, <laughs> you know, someone's hero being totally no, 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 taken look, out. These are all, these are all monsters. Like when I say kill, I, I think they they get killed, they drop the ball, they turn back into werewolf, they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they go through that grisly transformation every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, oh yeah yeah well so yeah, it's a one and a half second it, transformation is like you'd have to make it pretty <laughs> you'd have to make it pretty um quick oh yeah that's why i said there's one a, and a half it's still there's a yeah exactly yeah um zombies a zombie character yeah yeah they can sure. they can fling like their their limbs at people maybe they can fucking um infect people and make them slower <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just something like that. Maybe it makes them slower. Um, or now, yeah, what type a, of zombie are we looking effect. at? Are we looking at like the slow moving Walking Dead ish or uh, Night of the Living Dead style zombie, or are we going for running like you know the Twenty Eight Days Later sort of thing? I think somewhere in between, like not full on like running, galloping kind of zombies, but more than shambling. Yeah, so. It's kind of it's kind of the way sometimes shambling zombies will get when they're excited. Like they'll still be sort of running after you, but they're not like galloping super fast. And and maybe it's in in bursts. I love the idea that they get like this renewed sort of um this renewed sort of uh stamina whenever they see a werewolf grab the ball because they turn into a human and they go <gasps> human and then they get like <laughs> Yeah, perhaps, perhaps, or a Van Helsing on the on, on the other side, or something like that. Basically, they could definitely have they could definitely have some sort of advantage against the human character. Yeah, like uh, it'd be interesting to create those sort of like rock paper scissors relationships between the different uh, between the different heroes, yeah. or players player types to make it more interesting. Like, what do you choose for this? Three on three or four. On yeah, four my, or my question is: Do you need to have like a a rock paper scissors lizard, lizard Spock style uh, where you actually need you can't quite match up against all their all their other players? Yeah, look, I think I don't know. Uh, you don't. You probably it's probably impossible to go full on like rock paper scissors where one will always because you don't want one to always dominate the others. It's no. a lighter rock, paper, scissors, but it's more of an advantage-disadvantage system, yep. I think, um, for, for certain types. And you just have to- you'd have to balance that well Yeah, enough. and you've got to be obviously very careful with the meta and all that sort of stuff, like making sure that all the all the players are balanced, all the all the heroes are balanced. Yeah. So that- And that's not up to us. That's up to the gameplay designers. <laughs> <laughs> We're just the ideas, men. Yeah. Do we have, like, um, like, alien- some sort of, like, like a alien creature or something, maybe. Yeah, it's a pineapple-headed alien. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm more thinking like a grey alien, like the classic kind of telekinetic style. Yep. Okay, but the manager of of the team is a per- is a pineapple-headed alien. <laughs> okay, that's just a callback. <laughs> and and of course, you need like the sadistic dentist. Um, yeah, well, that's just that's also one of the managers. I think you have you have a random managers that you get. Well, I was thinking um, that you. Um, You've got sort of like Frankenstein's monster. Well, you can have Dr. Frankenstein as well. It's just that Dr. Frankenstein is a, yep. is a crazy dentist. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now wondering, you know, can we actually do kind of like what um, Dead by Daylight did and like get some licensed um, DLC characters of like your typical movie? Um- oh, I'm sure once we- I'm sure once we fucking get- uh, then popular enough. Then you can have Freddy and Michael Myers, and yeah, bring some gremlins in, maybe. Um, but you don't tr- you don't control one gremlin. You control like three it's like of a them. horde of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like and if they get wet, then you control more. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's you. You always want to put gremlins up against the creature from the Black Lagoon, who's <laughs> dripping water everywhere. Because if you get close, you just like spawn more gremlins. <laughs> So then it becomes like um, you need a Van Helsing character on your team to to basically take out all the gremlins. Yeah, yeah, you need some. Yeah, exactly. Yes, um, bring Pennywise in. He's just like floating around on balloons, mm-hmm. turning into fucking spider creatures. Yeah, the Stranger Things demogorgon. Oh, geez. <laughs> and on the other side, you got Levin. <laughs> But she's lost her powers. (laughs) She's lost her powers. She's just a fucking 11-year-old girl or whatever. You know. (laughs) I had to say it. Okay. Um, That sounds really quite cool. I I can't wait to see who could actually make that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. I'd actually really like to see a, like, 
Overwatch style, Apex style, like sports hero game. based yeah. sport, sports game for sure. That'd be awesome. It's kind of All like right. a cross between Rocket League and. Yes. Yeah. And Overwatch or something. Yeah. 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 Actually having right. having some skills that you got to do in there. That'd be cool. Someone come up with a three, three two, one click. Wretched Wrath. Sneaking duration. Hmm. So, ra- ra- like wrath, like W-R-A-T-H. Wrath of Khan. Khan! Khan! I mean, sneaking duration makes me think of some sort of sneaking meter that you've got. <laughs> Like a cooldown on your sneaking. I mean, you could go a seven deadly sins sort of thing with wrath. Yep. Um, what are the other ones? <laughs> Lust. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, envy, pride, and wrath. <clears throat> so it's a hero based shooter. You play one of the seven deadly sins. <laughs> no. I kind of like the idea of, of a roguelike, actually, okay. in some way. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know, I know, Binding of Isaac has a lot of the Seven Deadly Sins sort of stuff in there, but but you don't this play more- a personification of one of the Seven no, Deadly Sins. I think sins. you play. I think it's it's that you have seven lives, and oh, okay, this could be interesting. You've got seven lives, but you can play the different sins in any order. Yep. And so, and one run is your seven lives, and so you pick up, like as you pick up items and things, they might go better. With certain characters, with certain sins. Yeah. But it's like, oh, shit, I already played- I played Sloth first, and now I've picked up a really good Sloth item, but I'm on to Lust. Yeah. And Gluttony, well, you know, he was e- he was eating all the pies, but they were really shitty pies, and now he's got really nice cupcakes and stuff, but he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what sort of- what sort of gameplay would this be? Is this some sort of, like, third-person action brawler or something? But with roguelike, as uh, like I don't know, I'm always thinking like a, a what's Dark Siders, yeah, Dark Siders, or like a God of War or something like a. I'm thinking because you said roguelike, I like the idea of of like like maybe even an MC Escher sort of roguelike in the fact that you're okay. you're going through like this this weird and wonderful world that is sort of like all topsy turvy and like yep. shit really shouldn't you shouldn't be able to go up that staircase and come out like. Over there. (laughs) Yeah, that could be cool, especially if it's- Because you obviously wouldn't want to fuck people around where they have to actually navigate that space. But if it's more of a just, you must continue moving forward and you've maybe got some some options in the directions you take, but you don't have to backtrack. You don't have to sort of find your way around a map. It's more of an aesthetic thing where, yeah, you you might be fighting- a bunch of creatures down here and you see other ones like running across the ceiling or whatever and you turn around and realize the ceiling like- curves around and joins onto the floor behind you or something like yeah just cool non non-euclidean geometry sort of stuff yeah that would definitely be cool i actually saw something on reddit um, just earlier today that someone mm-hmm. has actually made like um something in unity in which you you can run around like a non-euclidean sort of yeah. area yeah. jump like between jump between the different um staircases going in all different ways oh, yeah. it's just that basically cool. they got volumes on on all the stairs that basically change the gravity yeah, position that's cool and it's like yeah. that, but, that sort of thing would definitely be cool and if if you did in such a way that basically all the rooms could could link up via some system that you you have basically you could set up a full 3D maze yeah potentially potentially either that or you just do it more as like an endless Kind of not an instant runner, but like an endless brawler sort of thing where you go into the next room and it, and it generates it so it connects up and it might be connected up in some weird, like some weird way where the gravity changes and, and the world shifts or whatever. Um, but you don't ever need to go backwards kind of thing. Um, you can if you want, I, but <laughs> I'm actually thinking though, what if this is VR? How fucked that would be. <laughs> that would be fucked, but it would be fun. And you could really mess around with some stuff. And it's more around- It's almost like a horde shooter or brawler. Like, you could use some of the, like, Gorn kind of stuff where you've got different weapons and different attacks. Mm -hmm. And it's more- It's, like, up-close combat. So, you're not having, like, hordes and- Maybe maybe not having, like, hordes and hordes of people. You've got, like, four or five attacking you at once. But it's really like, oh, shit, there's one behind me. Like, you know, throw a knife at them and then swing around and whack them with the fucking- bat that I've got or whatever. I don't know. Like, we need to figure out where the sins come into it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the sins, I think the sins, whichever sin you're playing, playing is more just about, you know, particular special powers you have and how the items affect you in different ways. Yeah. Or it's, it's one of those things of when you think about City of Brass or something like that. Yeah. Where, you know, as you went through 
the the different runs. Uh, basically, when you died, you anything that you sort of found, you got to keep and get got to increase your, increase yourself. Maybe you've actually got um, seven different. Um, the seven different sins are basically seven different characters in which you can yes. you can take through, and you're leveling leveling them up individually. But the way that you level them up is actually from other sins. So, say lust finds something for gluttony. And so now oh, you can I now see. you can power up gluttony and get a little bit further in gluttony and yeah that's good yeah you find sort of sin specific or character specific power ups and stuff as you play yeah and yeah it might be that okay I'm really good at at wrath um but because I'm good at wrath I'm getting further and I'm getting more stuff for sloth and so now I can like move sloth further on. Because they're more powered up or whatever. Yeah, and I like the idea that, you know, it's sort of locked down at the start that you can- um, You sort of know that, okay, in order to get past this this first room for sloth, I need to actually find some sort of item. You know, so you sort of lock, lock down to, like, two or three different um, different sins at the start until finally they all sort of unlock. Oh, maybe. I was still thinking that you literally, each run, end up playing all seven. It's just that, like- it's like ah oh, fuck! Like my my greed my greed died. I'm on to envy, and I haven't p- managed to power up my envy, and I'm shit at envy because like you know their specific powers just don't work well with me, and so I'm not going to be able to get past this room, and I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna have to move on to pride, mm-hmm. um or something like that. Like I think it is interesting that you are forced to play all seven each time. But yes, as you then finish a run, it's like, okay, well, this run I got, you know, three gluttony items and two lust items and a pride item, so I can, I can get some points and level them up better or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just like the idea of, um, you know, you got at least one, maybe two different characters that that have to have to work together to to allow the other one to go a little bit further. Um, mm. Bringing into mm. the seven may may go a little bit overboard. <laughs> Uh, maybe. I mean, I, I can see that maybe you have some, some synergies between particular ones where if you, yeah, you, I don't know, if you do certain things in a level, you're more likely to get a certain type of item or I don't know, something. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's details. Um, I'm just wondering how sloth would actually go through levels. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to actually personify these sins, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it could be that like, oh, sloth is pretty fucking slow. Or maybe when you get to sloth, you literally can't move. Like you can't actually progress a level as sloth, but they're they're really damaging in other ways. Or, or, and so or it's, it's, you manage you like you you unlock a bunch of items in that level if you do well as sloth because you killed so many enemies. Yeah, the way I sort of see sloth as um, maybe trying to take the quickest route so that they don't have to do as much. Um, okay, yeah. So yeah, it's it's almost like. Um, sloth is like the speed run sort of sort of version that you you're trying to get through as quickly as possible. That's interesting, actually. You could, yeah, you could actually make sloth like the fastest, but their limitation is like you can't go down side areas and stuff to to find more stuff. So as sloth, you literally have to take the quickest path through a level. <laughs> and and for anyone who's played roguelikes, like you know. You know, often a good strategy is to is to grind a level more and like make sure you complete a whole level so that you have more powerful and more items when you move on to the next level. But yeah, sloth literally can't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting take on that because they're just like fuck this. I want to get through this as quick as possible. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're basically the ones who who want to sit back and just um, do they as little work with. little work possible yeah. to, to yeah. actually do something. Yeah, yeah that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Envy could be an interesting one in that, like, that maybe their skills or their or something is based on whoever you've played previously. And they're just envious of, of like-, like... Yeah, they're, like, mimicking them in some way. They're like, oh, I really like that item, so <laughs> I'm going to try to use it too. But it's, like, less effective. I don't know. Something like that. Like, they get all the items. Like, it's good to play them late, but- because they'll they'll like get lesser versions of all the items the other ones picked up or something like that. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm literally seeing that gluttony is probably the most disgusting one out of all of them because the way that he fights all the enemies is he eats them. Is basically gluttony is a zombie. <laughs> okay, okay, that could that's interesting. I'm I'm because I'm still picturing this as a VR game, so. 
Do you have to like pull enemies towards you and shove them into your face? In Basically, some way? if you grab an enemy and you pull them close, um, yeah, you take a chunk. You go to Chowtown. Yeah, you go to Chowtown. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Pride, pride can only take a single hit. Goes, <laughs> <laughs> ow, that really hurt. <laughs> no, it's just like it's just like they can't take the fact that they got hit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like no. It's basically this couldn't happen to me. It, it's pretty much like one of those awesome Dark Souls players where they, where they're just you know running around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrath, I think, is it's just a, ultra a big, obviously just a damage dealer, and like if they get hit, then they start doing more damage, like a rage mechanic or something. Yeah, it's, a, it's effectively a barbarian from D anD. d Yeah, yeah. Greed, I think, is all about the items. Mm-hmm. And hoarding uh, them all, <laughs> something like yeah, they have they have stuff around. They'll they'll either get more items, or the more items they have, the more damage they do, or something like that. And then lust just ejaculates everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> arcing ropes of jism. <laughs> yep, three, two, one, click. <laughs> yeah, we'll do one more, no, then we'll go into the then we'll go into the last. Yep. Ooh, this is interesting. Oh, okay. physic amplifier. Oh, mine's interesting as well, though not in a in a way that jive that get, goes along with yours. Anticipated stranger. I feel like that's an interesting juxtaposition. Anticipated stranger and physic amplify amplifier. Physic amplifier. So when I when I think physics, I think you know using like physics in inside the game. You know the physics engine. Yep. Um. I like the idea that basically you've got an amplifier on your on your hands or whatever. So when mm-hmm. you throw something, it goes like super super fast. Okay, so it's it's literally amplifying the the physical the physics of what what you interact with. Okay, all right. So I think what we've maybe got here is that your words speak to the gameplay, and my words speak to the story yeah. hook. Yeah, I like that. The other thing I was thinking from. From Amplify made me think of, like, speakers or music. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder if this is based around, like, a band. Um, some sort of story around a band with superpowers. <laughs> Maybe they're called Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was going to bury the lead a little bit. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but it could be some interesting- Yeah, it could be some sort of music-themed um, sort of thing. So, what, the the bass player can, like, <laughs> vibrate so the- fast that it can- That he can, like, melt through bars and shit. <laughs> Something like that. The guitarist just plays killer solos that are literally killer. <laughs> um, I can't remember the things we did. Yeah, we'll just, so we'll long ago. Anyway- <laughs> Go, go listen um, to Containment Failure, second song, Kuradas. Yeah, it's all about our powers. Yeah. Uh, we did a we did a fucking concept album, apparently. Um, no, but I do like the idea of it being somewhat sort of music-themed, rock-themed. Like, that's always a fun aesthetic. And what were your words again? Anticipated Stranger. Yeah. So, I like the idea that the stranger that, that comes in is one of those mysterious strangers that turns out to be an agent of the devil or something like that. Oh, in the okay. fact that I thought you were going to say like an agent of a record company. No, no, no. I'm I'm thinking okay. that basically uh, the reason why these powers have been given to these to these band uh, members okay. is because they actually signed <laughs> like their okay. souls over. Okay, what? <laughs> yeah, like this is a band that's full on kind of Satan metal kind of like themes. But no, even better, over- Christian rock. <laughs> well, no, but the reason the reason I was thinking that is this is like all their lyrics and all their stuff is around like the occult and and Satan and whatever because it's just a thing that is done in metal, right? Mm-hmm. They don't believe it. They don't actually like. It's just uh, it's just the theme. It's just an aesthetic for them. But like Satan has heard it and is into it. And, and wants to sign them to, onto their onto his hit squad. Them. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, and so now you've got these people who are just like, oh, fuck, like, all right, <laughs> I'm just a fucking drummer, but I guess I'll kill demons or <laughs> angels or I don't know what's going on. 
Oh, I like the idea that basically um, hell is run amok and, you know, the, the, the sort of lyrics that the band were talking about uh, are all about, you know- um, Oh, about like invading heaven or something. Yeah, and wa- waging a war against, against you know, rogue demons or something like that. And so, yeah. the, the devil sends his agent up there to, to basically get you to sign their contract. Yeah. Um, to go and oh yes, go and hunt all the, the rogue they- demons <laughs> slash I love other the angels. idea that they sign the contract thinking it's a record contract, <laughs> but it's actually signing their souls away to Satan. Yeah, to fight in his fucking demonic army. Fuck yeah! <laughs> all right, is this like a? Is this end up being like a fucking squad shooter or something? Then, like, what's the? I kind of like the idea of this being like a an FPS or something. Then, in a way, um. I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea that, yes, this is an FPS, but instead of having, um, instead of, you know, having multiple people playing in a co-op sort of game, you, you get to choose your band member for each, um, each sort of mission. Okay. And they've all got their different instrument related powers. Yeah. So in the, in the like amplified physics way, the drummer can just like launch a drumstick into something's skull. Oh, yeah. Um, I, what I like the idea of, though, is it turns out the powers were in them all along, um, and it wasn't their instruments that they that they were given by this um by this uh, demon agent agent of Beelzebub. Yep. Wait. So even before Satan recruited well, them, well, I, I I think that they think um you know these powers have been have been given to them by these new instruments that they've got, and then it turns out that. You know when they when these instruments are destroyed by, you know the le- leader of these these rogue demons. Yeah. You know then turns out that no the power's inside them, and it's got nothing to do with these awesome the real new power instruments. Is friendship. Yeah. And bandmateship, and also this rocking fucking vocal lick. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't need an instrument. I'm a singer. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, Head just a master exploder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do not need a microphone. Uh, yeah. I My like voice like is fucking fucking powerful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just, I just love the fact that um, Kyle emphasizes fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. He does his little whisper in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's a good album. Um, <laughs> that's a good movie. And movie, yeah, absolutely. All right. I Yeah, I like that. I think we'll move on, though, to our final click picture. Our final segment of the evening or day, whenever you're listening to this. It's evening for us. Yes. Did you want to enter? Hmm. We have a funeral. Mm-hmm. There is a- Dead body in a coffin looks like a man. You can only see the top of their head, but they're quite balding. So, I'm assuming it's a man. Yes. Got a, got a, a red tie on. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Yellow flowers. There's a woman sort of looks like kneeling next to the coffin, unless it's a very high coffin, mm-hmm. uh, with a very kind of sinister look on her face, kind of stroking his arm. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm getting a very say- misery vibe from her. Interesting, interesting. Um, I feel like this this picture has been flipped because surely that's meant to be a wedding ring, but it is on her right hand in this picture. Uh, I suspect it's a flipped picture and it's meant to be on her left hand. Um, or maybe it's irrelevant. I don't know. But she does have a ring on a ring finger of her right hand. Now, she's, she's like li- literally staring through the camera. Oh, she's looking right. Yes. She's like- yeah, you I, know I, what I did. I, I swear, she just moved. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It's on her left hand now. <laughs> um, see, this coffin looks oh, actually, kind she of. She does also have a, a a ring on her left ring finger. Yeah, so she's just. I guess one's her engagement ring. Um, or something. Is that how that works? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. The. The coffin is rather unusual. It's got like lots of frilly stuff around. It looks almost like a a big version of a bassinet. <laughs> okay, is this a Benjamin Button situation? <laughs> is yeah. this a baby? Is this a man baby? 
Yeah, okay. It's a man baby. Um, or it's a Jack situation. Where, where, right, where they've just grown up super fast. Grew up extremely fast. Hmm. 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 Why is she looking in this manner? Why does she look like this? Has she killed this person? Is she about to kill you? I think her name is Rosemary. And this is <laughs> Rosemary's baby. <laughs> I don't actually know that story. Um, let, let, let's, let's go with um, she married this billionaire. Okay. And, um, and knocked him off for his money. Yeah, and she's basically this is this is at the end of the um of the prologue is basically um you see her look look directly into the camera and smile as she's you know supposedly okay. weeping to everyone else. Okay. And it sort of it leads you so to believe do you play her? I think you play, you play the- his spirit. That's is that's where I was going to go to. Um, okay, I do want to be wary of the gold digger trope of taking that too far, mm-hmm. but yes. Oh no, All she right. she she was already rich. Like I, I think I think this is this is just that she really didn't like this guy. Okay, he was just a prick. Yeah. Okay, but you you play him. You play him and you realise what a prick you were and that- Okay. Yeah, okay. Could be sort of a bit of a- A bit of a uh, Christmas carol sort of- If not a- Yeah, if not a redemption story, then at least a kind of recognition of your own shittiness story. Yeah, and then you realise the reason why you've seen this is so that when you go to hell, you know why. Yeah, yeah, it's, you don't get a second chance. No. It's like, no, nah, you fucked up. We just wanted to make sure you knew you fucked up. Yeah. Actually, that's an interesting thing. I like that idea of before you go to hell, like you are put through enough stuff to make you regret all the things you did that are sending you to hell. And then you just like go to hell. Yep. And are tortured forever. Well, it's part of the torture. W- whether it's, um, you know, hell is what everyone sort of thinks of or whether the torture itself is actually knowing that you did something wrong and now you've got to atone for that like and how you atone isn't through like the typical torture that everyone knows but it's more right it's just through having to relive it or having to self-reflection or um, see like the repercussions of it or yeah yeah Yeah, that's interesting how is this a game trevor (laughs) well i'm 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 seeing it as as like an almost gone home sort of walking sim, okay. but you're a ghost. You're a ghost that can walk that through walls. That could be interesting. Yeah, being able to decorporealize and uh, travel through solid objects. Um, and basically, you you get to you get to listen to conversations. Yeah, yeah. At your wake, you get to um, you know go th- go through all these different different places and and sort of. Um, you think, oh, yeah, this is kind of cool. I can spy on this person as they're doing this, and they start talking about, you know, how they never liked you and all this sort of stuff. And do you do you have a guide through this in the Christmas Carol way? Is there like someone taking you to sort of the appropriate moments? Or yeah, I I, or- I like the idea of of like a death like figure. Mm. Um, but the death like figure is you got the big black hood, you've got the big scythe. But then when yep. you, when the hood gets taken off later on, you find out that it's actually the ex-wife slash the one who killed you is mm. is also your reaper sort of thing. And she can she's sort of explaining what what actually happened. So this Okay, like the Reaper sort of takes the form of your you know, your victim as such or your Your biggest the regret most, or the one most affected by your actions. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. And and then you know you've got this amazing actress who can who can sort of portray this this girl who's now getting mm. on getting along with her life you know maybe as you find out like you were actually the gold digger you know you you married her because she was the she was the rich one and right. you're you're sort of flipping that expectation of you know she's not the gold digger at all she's the one who's always had the money it's it's her family's money like it's her family's. Um, or like she worked for it, like she actually earned it. Yeah. In some, you know, and yeah, yeah. I don't even know. You don't necessarily even have to go that they were super rich, but they were, you know, she'd gotten to the point where she was well off due to successful business dealings and and like building up businesses and different things. 
Um, and then, yeah, you've basically left her, you know, destitute. And then when it, go- some way. when it goes back to the prologue, you actually find out that the that the woman who was smiling into the camera is actually the Reaper. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's cool. the reason. That makes, a bit, that makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Because did she still kill him? No, I think, I think um, you know, you sort of, you get that trope sort of flipped on its head that- um, Okay, you, you think know, initially- You think like, initially oh, because she, she looks evil as, evil as fuck and she's looking into yeah. the camera and all this sort of stuff. And it turns out that, no, she she is actually in at the back of the back of the room in right, this in yeah. this camera thing. If you if you actually followed and and saw in the, in in like the little animation that happens before this, you actually see yeah, that she's yeah, she's yeah. sitting in the back of the back of the room, you know, but crying yeah, you with her parents or something like end, that. Though. Yeah. You don't see that till the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's really cool. I like that. I like flipping that on its head and and that you set that expectation to the player of, oh, shit, like, she killed him. And you're seeing things from the past. You're seeing things from the present. You're seeing things from the future. I think you go through that as well. Because you want to see what the repercussions oh, are. Yeah. But you also want to see how you got there. And you're thinking the whole time, like, oh, like, what? at what point is she going to snap? Like, when's she going to kill him? And then, yeah, like, you reveal at the end. It's like, oh, no. Like, there was some other way, some other mode of death. There was, like, a business partner or a fucking maybe it was her mother or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. And- yeah, she's actually quite upset about it. Yeah, and then it, then it shows that this this Reaper thing has been interacting with with the world somewhat, or it may even just be a visual. Like it may even just be like, oh, well, the Reaper's here to like, you know, take take his soul for the final time or whatever. Like, I yeah. don't know. It might, it might even be that the others can't see her at that point. Um, and then it zooms in on the ring, and you see like some skull on the ring or something like that. <laughs> And you yeah. basically you've been seeing that ring the entire time, and that's when you realize yeah, that she's yeah. the. Yeah, you make it. You make it clear. Yeah, you make it pretty clear that yeah. oh, like that scene we saw at the, at the start. Oh, she's she was the Reaper the whole time, and yeah, it was just a set of expectations. Yeah, and what I, what cool. I really like about that is is that it's flipping those typical tropes on their head. It's also yeah, um, absolutely. It's giving her you know a reasonable story. The fact that. You you kind of feel bad for thinking that you know she's she's committed this this murder to try and get at his money, but it turns out that no, she's the one who had the money the whole time. Yeah, she, she's not a murderer. She just she actually loved him and was betrayed by him, basically. Yeah, and you know, basically he had gambling debts and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, had ba- yeah, basically been stealing all the money out of out of her accounts and yep. scary yep. shit like that. Yeah, that's all, I like that. I, I like that arc. That's an interesting an interesting play on on those tropes for sure. Yeah, cool. That's why I like getting these these photos every now and again because you you come up with a story that you never would have come up. with. I think it takes it definitely takes us in a different path than we'd otherwise go down. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think we will finish up there tonight. Thank you for joining us this week. On Bitstorm. If you want to find us online and find all of our other episodes, go to podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. We've got a huge backlog, hundreds of games, hundreds of game designs that we've made over the years. Uh, you'll find something that strikes you fancy and makes you laugh. I hope. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective. And this is a group of podcasts in Australia about pop culture and video games. And there are some... Uh, actual play role-playing games and a ton of great stuff. So, go to 8bit.net, check them out. Uh, also, go to patreon.com slash weare8bit, I believe. Is that right, Trevor? Yes. Support 8bit on Patreon. It helps us. It helps the rest of the 8bit crew. And this, I think, until the end of July, maybe? End still? of July. Oh, end of July. Uh, actually, all the, all the uh, proceeds from that are going to Black Lives Matter-related charities, which is very important. Very important. Another group that we're involved with is the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They're a podcast network of like-minded people who just enjoy everything gaming and podcasting in Australasian. Uh, so, just check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter for all that goodness. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure, which if you check it out, then you can check out all our mystical powers from the second song. <laughs> That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I want to dunk your ball. <laughs> Brains. <laughs>
hands on fire. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs>